you got it, you got it bad. When you're all oh, yeah. oh, My God. knees don't work like that no more. <laughs> you are now tuning in to Kickspot with Jidu Park and We're back. back here at the kickstart. You see how my hair just went? Yes, <laughs> I did see that. Different haircut for season two. But uh, yes, it is season two. It is. It is. It is season two. This is our second recording of season two. Episode two. Okay. I was like second recording. Episode two. Okay. Episode two. We recorded the first one while we were driving, which mm-hmm. was kind of like <laughs> right when it worked, Gina was like, oh shit, it worked. Yeah, we we gotta we gotta do a show. We gotta do a show whenever. I know. So work hard and play hard. That was that was tight. Look at that. And uh, and my dog is not barking. Yeah. Welcome back, seat. <laughs> Welcome back, kick spot. <laughs> Welcome said, back to the COVID edition. Yeah, Takaya barking. Where we're still our, at show. home recording our that's, shows. That's right. But uh, today we have a very very special guest, and my cousin just walked in. Okay. Getting her lashes done. Shout out to Jill Fajardo. You know okay. What I'm there we go. <laughs> Get it done. Uh, but Get we do right. have, uh, she's not our guest, but uh, one of our good friends from our, I would say, business to business consulting time uh, when we were doing door to door sales. His name is the one and only DK, David Cam. Hey. What's good, fam? Welcome, dog. Welcome. Been Welcome. a long time. Welcome to the show. I haven't seen Chinu maybe two years. That's crazy. Yeah. I haven't seen you in maybe almost a year, maybe six months. Six, six, months. six seven months. Since, yeah. Since this whole quarantine yeah. went down. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy because we, we did meet through the whole, you know, door to door thing, the B2B, um, you know, business. But then DK, you and I went to high school near each other, yep. but didn't really know oh. each other in Seattle. Which oh. was really, really crazy. Yeah. My mom used to yeah. own a smoke shop near his high school. Oh. Yeah. So y'all be smoking. So my mom probably After knew school. him. Yeah, I was probably my mom probably knew him. when I was underage. So. Oh, God. That's crazy. <laughs> my mom was slanging, you know what I mean? <laughs> but here's the thing. So actually, our topic today is going to be amazing. So we, me and Gina, we've been wanting to talk about this for, for a while now. Uh, we wanted to do an episode regarding... Um, our background, which, you know, we, we came from a sales background, you know, and we felt like we learned a lot from doing our door-to-door sales. Uh, Gino spent about, what, seven years? And, yeah. and Sidcore and DK, you spent about, you're still somewhat in it. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's like over, what, 10, 12 years now? That's 10 plus years. 10 plus I, years? Yeah. Yeah, and I was in it for about like five or something like that. So I'm crazy. So, um, you know, and we wanted to share our wealth of knowledge regarding how to close a deal and like our perspective on just sales in general. Right, Gene Park? Yeah, just more more so in the, the whole door-to-door yeah. realm segment, what our thoughts were. Um, obviously, some of us are in, some of us are, are out um, of the business. So we all have different perceptions while we're in there versus... Um, looking outside and then you know dk also has a different perspective yep. as, after talking to him as well too um on his experience so um we definitely want to educate people especially right now with um you know unemployment at its at its you know highest and um you know the the biggest opportunities within businesses that they're recruiting for are sales positions so our goal also is to be able to help anybody that is curious about sales that wants to dig deep into that that may not necessarily have the confidence. We want to be able to dumb down 
the sales process for those people uh, so that you do have uh, an opportunity within certain organizations. Yeah. Uh, but first, DK, <laughs> we do have uh, a little uh, thing that we do with all of our guests. And uh, yeah. it is a little quiz section. Okay. And it's a quiz section just to get to know is you and your... Yeah. No. 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 And it is uh, to get to know your heritage. Which is North Korea. Exactly. <laughs> Kim Jong-un. Kate Town. Korea Town. Korea Town. Yeah. He was not born in 92. Let's be real. One of the most you know? hairiest <laughs> Korean 90, people I know. 1990. <laughs> the Korean guy that can actually grow facial hair. Is, uh, is yeah. This, this as guy you right can here. see. Well, a little known fact. Gino and I also performed in three yeah. talent shows and one in second high school? place. No. Yeah. No. While we worked together at Sitcor. Yeah. Okay. We won second place. Second place. Twice, oh, I heard about the dancing once. one. Yeah. Yeah. All of them included some type of dancing. Yeah. Singing, I mean, so. Gina was the singer. Yeah. yeah. The obviously. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. all know that. Yeah. Yeah. And to include and <laughs> just top it off, we are all roommates. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. that. We did live together for one year. Yeah. It was a tumultuous year. Very interesting. But, uh, tumultuous. Interesting yeah. year. It was fun. It was fun. Again. War stories that you'll yeah oh yeah well yeah 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 we started from the bottom now we here type of shit <laughs> yeah. you know I DK I we're gonna ask you these questions see how well you really know South Korea oh okay. all right first question what is the name of the traditional Korean costume Hanbok did you know that yeah. I mean, that's the reason why I had this bun, right? I don't oh. know. I actually don't know the questions that he's asking. Oh, okay. He yeah. doesn't. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I, I knew that one. So the man's basic outfit consists of shogori. Is that correct? It's called a, it's a yeah, jacket. I, I don't know. Oh, that, I'm just saying it, it's giving me a little bit more information okay. about the answer, which is actually pretty cool. You know, all right. Second, since you guys didn't want to know, never mind. Next question, Dan. Um, hmm. What's a good one right here? Okay. What is a national living treasure of south korea jeju island no living treasure? yeah it's it says the question okay you know what that's a weird question because i was gonna say chestnut or something. so the answer so to that Kindle dog no so what is a national living treasure answer is a performer or a craftsman oh, what so yeah. if you consider i guess an individual like a national living treasure you'd be a craftsman in korea i guess Interesting. you know yeah all right let's see here where are you getting these answers? I know, I know. <laughs> okay, right here, right even, here. Even I'm clueless. All right. What is, the, what is the largest island in Korea? Jeju Island. Jeju Island yeah. is correct. Man, y'all man, y'all both like cheating off each other, y'all. Jeju Island, also known as the penis island. Yeah. Is that really? They it do is. have a honeymoon spot. I thought with, it was Gojujang. Uh, they have a lot of penises. Yeah. Uh, penis statues yeah. in that's, Jeju Island. That's a great statistic. It's supposed to like promote uh, fertility and you go down there and you're supposed to make, you know, some baby making music right there. Oh, okay. Some J-E-L. Yeah, yeah, some yeah. 112. A lot of couples go down there okay. just to get away from their families oh, okay. All right. to do their deed. All right. Hey, hey, thank you for that information. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. What is the most popular Korean surname? Kim. That is correct again. Hence, David Kim is his, la is his last name. All right. Like 50%. About 21% yeah. of Koreans share this name. Well, only 21%. One crazy phone book. That's what it said here. Was oh, so it Kim Lee Park? Park. Yeah. yeah Lee yeah. Choi. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Random ass Korean. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to a little bit more harder for you guys since you guys know everything Korea right here. Oh, this is for DK. I'm yeah, not, I'm right, saying right. this is this is exciting for me. It's <laughs> our first Korean guest. So. Oh, oh, this is a good one right here. What color is line two on the Seoul subway map? I want to say it is light blue. You want to take another guess? What color is line two on the Seoul subway map? I know y'all seen. I, I know y'all seen this. I was also there like 15 years ago. And I, I, was I feel probably like, really. I feel like you guys know this song. I was taking the subway, but I would. I would say the the red line. It's the green line. Oh, sorry, green, line. green line. I was going okay. through all the lines. But hey, you know, I feel like you knew it though. Like I, I don't know. I, I had a feeling. The map, but it yeah. could have changed. You know, I was. I, I, I haven't <laughs> been back in a long time. All right, so that's three out of four. So you got one more question. All right. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> okay. All right. What is the name of the residence of the president of South Korea in the blue Seoul? House. In the Blue House is oh, correct. Wait, how what, did you what know is that? It's the Blue House? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, it's, what is it? It says it's, it's no. Like, it's like the White House, but it's, but it's called the Blue House. Blue House oh, okay. Yeah, yeah known locally as the Shonghua Day, the Blue House yeah. sites on a site known to have been affiliated with the leadership of South Korea since 1104 AD. Yeah. Good job. I mean, I'm, man, that's really good, dude. I drive a Korean car. I have a Korean phone. I don't Korean own girl. Apple products. Korean girls only. Uh, <laughs> well then <laughs> moving on moving yeah. on <laughs> alright so DK we appreciate you uh, joining our little game show here at the kick spot you are basically a Korean um, I was gonna say that no, no, none of our guests have scored below a fifty percent. So thank okay. you for continuing that trend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you guys question on their ethnicity? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And our whole purpose is because we want to let the audience know that I mean, America is a is a fusion of all yeah. different types yeah. of cultures. And Absolutely. So when you go out to Korea, sometimes for me, they don't necessarily think that I'm Korean. They always say I'm American. When I come here, everybody's like, "Oh, you're Asian." So yeah. Funny story. So most Koreans don't have facial hair. Yeah. Right. And uh, I get Japanese a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Even when I was in the airport, like the Ajana stewardesses can speak Japanese (laughs) and Korean. So they spoke to you in Japanese first. They started speaking to me in Korean. (laughs) Oh. You know, and my Koreans, I mean, it's pretty good, but. You know, they're like straight up talking to me in Japanese. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> You're like, hi. 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 Yeah. 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 But I took Japanese in high school, but we didn't really learn much. In Meadowdale? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know like, Meadowdale had a. Yeah, you Japanese. just go to Yuwajimaya, watch Totoro all the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, I had to go to Mount Lake Terrace to, to learn Japanese. Oh. So I did Japanese. You kind of look Japanese too, though. Oh. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's. You should do the 23 in me. I, I wanted to do did. I did. He did. Yeah, I did. 100% Korean. No. Oh, it's like South African. Like 5% Japanese. 5%? Oh, yeah. So back in the day, yeah, back someone in the day. got. Dang. S- someone got knocked up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in the war. Mongolia. Okay. Sorry. All right. So, uh, speaking of uh, the B2B business, uh, let's, just, let's just start off like in general. What got you guys to join the business? I mean, because it's not the most sexiest. Like, to give the audience a background, literally, there's no preset appointments. You're seeing, you know, 50, 100 businesses a day. You're getting rejected left and right. 
And then after law of averages kicks in, you'll be able to get one, two, three accounts or, or whatnot, right? So it's not sexy at all. So what got you intrigued in the business? To be honest, I got personally recruited. I, I don't know if I would have started through the normal interview process. So mm -hmm. my best friend was taking a year off from dental school. It's a little hiatus. You can do, you know, defer essentially. Mm -hmm. And he had started with Ted in the SoCal group and, you know, his leadership, super pumped, you know, how that goes, <laughs> you know, yeah. making good money, you know, it was, you know, $700,000 a week, obviously super motivated. Um, and he called me and he was like, Hey, you know, I started this job. I had just gotten done uh, taking my DATs for dental school. So I had some downtime and essentially I was at home for the first time in probably six years or two weeks. And he was like, Hey, come out here. You can have a job. I was like, okay, how much can you make legitimately if I work hard? He's like at least 500. And I just booked my flight and came out because I didn't want to be living at home. Yeah. At the time, 500 was actually pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, the money was as long as I could pay, you know, my cell phone bill yeah, yeah. and party on the weekend. That's all I care. I mean, I was 20, you know, 24 mm -hmm. at the time. So, so nothing, nothing changed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, now we you're making more money and you're yeah, still yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not with COVID, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you do save a lot of money during quarantine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you do. For sure. Uh, um, but yeah, that, that's the reason I came out and, uh, I would say, 90% of my friends are went to metal school or dental school in Loma Linda, you know, probably about an hour away from here. Yeah. So I, I had a good base of people to come out to. It wasn't the job. It was more of the, the environment I was coming out to. So that's why I started personally. So it wasn't like an ad. It was actually a personal referral. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So I never, I went on a second round interview with my friend. Yeah. So it was like pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. And I saw, I saw him close the deal getting like three hundred dollars that yeah. day big accounts that you know, we had relooped and stuff i was like oh you this prepped is it the easy. day before I was like, if this idiot can do it i can do it if yeah, you yeah. Yeah. Not, not you but. yeah you put it at me <laughs> <laughs> i was the person that re recruited him <laughs> i'm an idiot oh yeah that's funny Migs, and then how did you look at a, an ad um how did i find it i found it through i think indeed or like one of those like ads it just said like account executive yeah. and i think teddy's like one of the, the things was like oh if you want to work for a fun environment like hard working that's what i saw and then danny took me out um on my first round in santa Ana. i mean like hitting close to like the end and i was like dead tired like yeah. i've never been on an eight hour interview where I'm just watching somebody try to sell AT&T phone lines to convert. Yeah. And Santa Ana would have been easy, but like for some reason he was struggled that day, finally closed the deal. And we had to re-loop it twice, I remember that. Yeah. And I remember going through the process and he's like, yeah, I think we'd be really good. He's like, you had a good attitude. You know, it's funny because I, I think I went for the job because I saw how happy he was doing it. I mean, if you guys know Danny, yeah. Danny had like the best attitude, right? Like, mm -hmm. and I, I just saw him not being bogged by all the notes that he heard all day. And then I, I think at that point, I was still kind of trying to figure who myself was. 
professionally and i you know even i think personally i, I still didn't know who i was and i felt like i needed some sort of a challenge yeah and it's funny because i think the um the bell party he had me watch the bell party okay and as you guys know both back in the day if you had an interview you'd have him wait on on the lobby right yeah. but he 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 had me watch because he actually got a bell yeah. And then so and right when I saw that I was like, oh, and I'm clapping for my what the fuck am I clapping for? But yeah. <laughs> you know, but I, I I gravitated towards the environment after that, like the energy. Like how do you have so much energy after you just went eight hours through the day? And then I still wasn't sold until he like called me in and you know, I think I spoke to Teddy and then he's like, Hey, you know, Danny really spoke highly of you, da da da. And then I started and then I remember my first like meeting with everyone in that circle before we went out for the day. And I was like, man, this thing is hype as hell. Like I, I still didn't know anything, but the environment kind of sucked you in, you know? So that's, yeah. that was my history. The atmosphere, the energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it was the energy. You know, you have people that are within a five year age. Of yeah. You. Yeah. In suits, right? Like yeah. motivated, like highly motivated. And they were trying to go out there and you, you know, I forgot who did the, the leader, you know, the, the speech for the day. Um, I feel like it might've been you, but you know, after he said the speech, I was so demotivated. Yeah. Now, if you <laughs> <laughs> no, but, These Filipinos, yeah. <laughs> no, but you know, you go out there and you know, you have to do it again and again. And again, it's not sexy, but like you just gravitate towards the energy and the camaraderie of everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There, there was definitely, you know, it's like a, a fraternity of sorts. Yeah. You know, I mean, all the, uh, like uh big events you're you're seeing people that you see every quarter or so so there there is that that side of things that kind of keeps you in you have all the team nights i mean we, we play basketball together every tuesday yeah so i think there there were some like it kept the college life going if that makes yeah sense. yeah yeah i think your guys's perception is a lot different than mine because you guys had ted yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that you had a completely so, different. So my experience was more um, an educational experience. Yeah. Um, so it's not like Jamie and I hung out ever after work or anything like that, but it yeah. was preached that that's what I do. Yeah. You know. Okay. So so way different from that fraternity. I, I mean, I had to create that environment. Um, I I honestly, to me, I thought that bell party was really dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't get motivated by like i don't get motivated like that yeah. i get motivated by learning and so the only reason why i started was the attraction that i had with the educational piece when jamie had to run a meeting but when it came down to bell party i criticized it so much and i still criticize it till this day because i felt like that was just a way for people that need motivation um every single day to just like constantly be motivated and those are the types of people that i felt like would never become owners Got it. If that makes sense. Because, I mean, who's going to motivate you when you're by yourself, like, in the trenches trying to run a business? Yeah. No. That's just, it, it just, it, it dawns on me. Um, but, yeah, my experience is a lot different. I left during my interview. Okay. Um, as, oh, and then you still ended up starting. Yeah, so I, I left in the middle of my interview. Ironically enough, uh, I had no clue what was going on. Yeah. And then uh, they are like, okay, we're ready to go out now. And I'm like, what are we, where are we going out? Yeah. And then so he's like, we're going to go see some clients. And I'm like, oh, we're going to see clients. Okay, so there's yeah, like cool. already some people that yeah. you already like already know. Cool. 
Um, and the hotel that I was staying at was actually the same exact territory that he was wow. at, ironically enough. So you were still up in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, so my friends actually came from Seattle to LA for training. So the only reason wow. why I interviewed was because I was like, I want to see what stuff is out here. So God. as my friends were training in the hotel, um, I just applied and then I applied to something called, you know, sports minded people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I applied to that and then I go out to my territory or, you know, Andrew's territory and literally he's pe pitching across the street yeah. from where I'm staying at. Wow. And then the very first door, it's just, it just opens the door and it's like, you know, I told you never to come here. Yeah. <laughs> he's got, he's got one of those. So, so in our line of business, you want to track everything that, that you do. So he has a tracking sheet full of all these scribbles, but you could tell he's been revisiting that yeah. area a lot. So literally it's like, Hey, you know, you, I told you that I was going to come back in a month because you might need some supplies. And they're like, no, we don't need anything from me. He's like, okay, I'll check back next time. And he closes <laughs> the door. But the comment that he made afterwards is like, oh, she's a bitch anyway. And I was like, okay, that's the very first door. So yeah. I just had a really sour yeah. taste. And when he told me that he was going to break down the business, I was like, hey, I'm just going to go home. Mm -hmm. And he didn't believe me that my hotel was across the street. Yeah. So he literally followed me. And, and then I had the key card, walked in, and then he was like, Oh, I, I, I didn't believe you. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I, I really do stay. I'm not going to lie about it. And then he started crying. Yeah. And then he was like, hey, I, um, I'm actually, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm about to get fired. So um, I guess apparently the only reason why I got to go out with this guy was because he was on the verge of getting fired. Wow. So if he had hired me, then that would have been him staying. Yeah. Oh. So he started crying and he's like, it's a poor reflection on me if you don't go back. And I felt really bad. And I was like, fine, whatever. I didn't listen to opportunity meeting, nothing. No. And then I just left. But my conversation with Jamie was actually very uh, intriguing. Okay. So after that, you know, I put in a two weeks notice and then just moved down. Wow. But yeah, my, my experience was a little bit more different. I didn't, when I met you guys, I was like, huh, these guys are a lot younger than us. And, oh. you know, they're more wild oh. uh, compared That's to like... It's no, funny how, just, like, who you experience the business with, like, that's how it, it gets portrayed. Yeah. Right? Because, like, even, I mean, I still remember, like, going to, like, other offices and be like, man, this office is whack. You know, they've yeah, yeah, yeah. got a bunch of freaking duds in here. You know, I'm, I'm being judgmental, obviously. Well, that's but, how we were, all of us. Yeah, because we're competitive. Yeah, he taught know? me how to be like that. <laughs> like, a, shoes, like a dick? <laughs> not fly. Um, but... It, it really does come down to, and I, I think that's the one thing about Sitcore where like if the, the office usually reflects the leadership that's running it mm -hmm. to an extent, mm -hmm. right? Because you're obviously recruiting people that are like you and then you get people, well, you're not hiring people that you wouldn't hang out with unless you have to. Yeah. And you've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think the, the person that brings you in definitely... I mean, yeah, I know Danny and you know, super positive golden retriever type. Andrew, if I'm thinking about the right Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. Not the, the most positive. Yeah. Yeah. Socially awkward. Yeah. Zeitler. Yeah. yeah Zeitler. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I love the guy just because he's just like, I know he means well with everything, but to be able to have me on and then try to get trained by him, he, I, yeah. I, I told him to leave me alone. Uh, during my trainings and I was just going to go by myself and do it. So just a very, very, I didn't necessarily get training from anybody. 
and I just had to learn the systems and then just like trial and error and figure it out, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but that was my experience. But a true story though, I, I had people within Sidcord that actually asked um, if there was a way to work in Teddy's office, would you do that? So behind closed doors, there was a conversation with me going over to Ted's office, huh. but that never happened. Interesting. Yeah. That would been crazy. Yeah, it would have been all of us. That would have been, been crazy. It was, it was so funny because like when I started, my friend brought me in. He also brought in his like best high school friend and me. So we were just, you know, like a powerhouse. Like if you have people that you're close with yeah. and you're competing, but it's like friendly competition. Yeah. Then it's like you know you have this like energy that you're feeding off of where like i just have to perform and then your attitude's just so much better and like you're you're becoming the you know the leading pack mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, if yeah you have for that, sure i think that obviously pushes as where like if you have like a one-on-one -on -one battle with someone you hate and that can really affect you negatively yeah I, i'm sure you had people that pushed you and then people that like brought you down in your office I, I'm going to sound either, really cocky, but no, no one touched you. no, nobody. <laughs> no, I, I think honestly, I was like the best cool rep ever. Yeah. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Mm -hmm. I, by far, I felt like I was the best. I could hit any other record if, if I chose like, and it's only because I taught myself Yeah. and I taught, I already had the mentality of like being an artist and going to Alderwood mall yeah. and me slinging CDs and having people reject me left and right based off of like me soliciting them for something that I was passionate about. Uh -huh my my and you know that's when like internet and everything started going crazy so i was already getting criticized online about like how much i suck at singing yeah. you know so i already was involved i was already yeah, <laughs> yeah i was yeah, used yeah. to all yeah. the hate and i was like yeah fuck that i don't care what other people like i think for a good like maybe three or four years of my life i was like down yeah. because i was like man this is taking so much like i i get internet trolls yeah like when they troll you it's like it, it took a lot of effect on me because the whole internet concept was just so new. Yeah, so you thought you took it for face value. I, yeah, I did. And then after that, I was like, you know what? You know, fuck this. Like, I'm going to get away from life and just yeah. do my own thing. And then so I, I just felt like there wasn't a competition. I, I didn't feel feel like anybody in there. Um, I knew uh, Ryan Woolett was a guy that that okay. would uh, compete a lot too. And I and I love that guy. He's like doing extremely well, runs his dad's business um, out in New York now. But... Like, as we matured together, too, it was like, you know, it was like, oh, it's really great to have, like, somebody like that. Yeah. So I'd say maybe when you when you mentioned that, he's the only one that I could think of. But I never wanted to, like, bash him or I, I yeah. never wanted to, like, do better. I only wanted to do better for myself. Yeah. You know, so it was, like, an internal thing for me. But, um, but it, nonetheless, like, obviously, you know, Migs, you're out of it now. Mm -hmm. um, what What got you out of it? I mean, why, why didn't you stay with it? We've seen a lot of like great people come in and out of that business um, that like even when we're Facebook friends, like we see a lot of our friends like doing extremely great things, right? So what got you out of that besides DK? Besides <laughs> <laughs> DK pushed me out of it. No, no. Um, I, I, I think for me is, you know, because we had to build our teams, right? Like we had to continuously recruit and build and I think I spoke about this on, you know, like my episode was like, I don't think I, I, I didn't get to master recruiting as much as I wanted to master recruiting. Mm -hmm. I think what I had an issue with internally was I, I was trying to hold on to people longer than I should have held on to people when I kept seeing the best 
I kept giving them the chances and seeing the best in them because, you know, like we, one of the biggest things that I've learned throughout the years that I was working door to door was you gotta, you gotta be an empathetic leader, but I didn't recognize until I got more professionally like experience was you can only be an empathetic leader for so much until you have to learn when to give up, like when to give up with that person like if that person's not giving it to you so you guys can can hit the goals together maybe that person's not good for your team like the chemistry is just not good and dk knows who i'm talking about like i had this kid named jay you know jay was like at the beginning was one of my biggest producers i mean we'll go out there with kill it right away and then brayden came along you know, and then when Braden came along, I found my right hand. And that's when I felt like I was going to take off. And like we started seeing it. And I was, you know, I was on the AM track. Right. And then I just needed to hit it for two weeks at that point because I had I had the team for it. But Jay just kept giving the drama as much as like I had. I felt like I had a comp- I wouldn't say a complete team because they were still like I still felt like 80 percent of my team were weak. I, I was so just focused on kind of like the amount of people that I, I had for my squad, I had like one superstar. One. It was Brayden, you know, and... So you'd say mainly it's because of the recruiting aspect for you to recruit top caliber people? Yeah, and, it, and at that time, we switched over to B2C, right? We switched over to consumer side. So we were, instead of going business to business and going through offices, we went over to going through houses. Yeah. And it, it's a lot more difficult... I feel like it's a little bit more challenging recruiting from a business to consumer side than on a business to business side. So I think what the listeners also need to understand is that in it's not just the B2B sales that we're doing. Um, we're working on 100% commission. Um, and then we are also trying to build our teams. And so convincing somebody to work on 100% commission so that you have an opportunity to lead people or become um, what we call an ICL, independent contract licensee, uh, where they get to utilize a Fortune 500 client to open up your business. Um, that was ultimately the the golden side of things. So you could be an entrepreneur. Um, so hopefully that makes sense on what, as far as for recruiting wise, because I think people are like, why does he have to recruit and why is he know going um and, and selling at the same time. yeah i think, I it's think, the, I think, that, it's the I think that was the not to cut you off but the one sticking point that i had was that you know the the manager role was the golden ticket and i think it was preached that way like if you're not trying to get to ownership like why are you in this business and that was the one thing that was that rubbed me the wrong way because mm-hmm. I, I thought there were so many valuable things that you could learn just signed up for a year yeah and you really worked your ass off and you learned all the fundamentals of sales and you know being able yeah. to walk into a room and freaking grab everybody's attention you don't even know a name you know, yeah you just you're, yeah. you're a kid 100%. off the street i mean obviously you're dressed in a suit you walk in there boom grab and yeah and you can make a sale and that yep. felt great yeah you know that was shit that was dope. but i still remember the first interview that i had and i'm like uh, i don't want to do this like again for the reason because i didn't want you know, to be an owner. Yeah. So I, I felt like that side of things was kind of pushed upon you by certain people. Yeah. And, you know, when you were a top performer, you're kind of expected to do that, even if you didn't want to. 
And I think that kind of leads to where I'm at with the business now. It's like developing something where you get really sharp people that can sell, that are charismatic, but they don't want to lead a team necessarily. Like, Well, that responsibility is tough. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you could be an entrepreneur and work for yourself by yourself. Yeah. Um, but I think in the nature of that type of business, multi-level marketing, their their structure was the only way that you can become an owner is if you're also managing and leading other people yeah. while doing your sales. And, and, you know, to be fair, the, the payment structure was based on that. Based on that because it wasn't big enough. Like you, you could you could not be a field rep yeah. and live forever. Like, yeah. yeah, if you're fresh out of college and you don't have many expenses, you're not trying to start a family, like, you, you could. But yeah. for, for it to be feasible to start a life, like, the, you know, the ownership path was the only way, really, yeah. right, technically. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of misconceptions, too, because you have um, multi-li- multi-level marketing firms like Core. There's also DS Max and some of these other companies as well, too, but... I mean, it's give or take. If you want a company that has a foundation that's able to invest into R&D, Sidcore is probably the play, but at the same time, you make less as an owner. Whereas other other multi-level marketing firms that I got recruited for when I was an owner, their payment structure was way higher. Their reps got paid way higher, but they weren't as, I would say, sharp candidates Mm -hmm. because there wasn't a structure built. So based on the listeners you can choose between which one you prefer yeah um but that's probably the reason why yeah. that a lot of the owners within our organization didn't make as much money i mean i should i lost a lot of money during the yeah. time i when i came out of st louis i was like negative fifty thousand dollars because wow. i was charging my credit cards um, yeah. just to try to you know uh pay my people i was going out in the field to make sure that they were good that they were when, by the time I closed down, I told them, you know, I'm just gonna stay open until you guys find jobs, and I did that for every single one until they left. But yeah. I took on the burden of you know my lease for three years, um, and that shit was tough. Yeah. So no, and uh, and trust me, there's there's the goods, the bads, and I I think if you're looking at trying to find a new job in the sales space, like understand what you're getting into and. You know, don't buy into the hype of like, if you come into these type of offices, you have to be a manager. I think it's great if you sign up for a year and like, that's what you're trying to get out of it. Like, I'm going to get an internship experience, but I'm getting paid for it. Like, if that is what you want to do, I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Um, But if some guy is trying to tell you you need to be a manager, you know, like, listen to your heart. And like, that's when you can part ways and be friends. But if you stick around to meet someone else's expectation, that's when I feel like feelings get hurt. It's like, and again, you, get, you become close with your mentors and they're asking you like, oh, you can be an owner, you can be great, you can be a consultant. And you're like, why wouldn't I want to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. I've ruined a lot of relationships yeah. at, at Sidcore, not with those people, but people that were part of my team Yeah, um, that I had great relationships with, but because of that, yeah. that pathway, it's like, oh, you don't want to do this? Yeah. You know, it's like, why are you here? Well, in reality, they were there because they liked me and that yeah. they wanted to hang out with me. But there was like this thing where you had to get rid of those people and replace them. And that's what there's a lot of people that I know of that still probably have a resentment towards me because yeah. of that. And it's the standards that they set, especially in, in the office that I was in. The standard was straight black and white. You get rid of that person. And it mm-hmm. was like, OK, there's no grace period. There's no there's nothing. And so yeah. it, it kind of sucked. Yeah. 
I really hated that experience. Um, but what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a little break, um, and then when we come back, we're just gonna continue our conversation. Awesome. You are listening to Kickspot. I think the old school way of Sidcore has changed. Really? I really, I really do think so. The, the the culture has changed. Number one, because new leadership, mm-hmm. uh, Vera is way more empathetic. Mm. You know, is so Gary Polson there? Gary Polson's still there, but uh, Vera is the president. Mm-hmm. But like, she was the president when I was there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But again, I, I think the the direct coach that you have, and if there's a lack of support, like mm-hmm. you were saying, yeah, that, that reflects big on. You don't. You didn't feel like you got the, the help yeah. that you needed, especially when you put in a grip of time mm-hmm. to get to that position. Yeah. And I was like, you finally get there, and that's supposed to be the be all end all, and then, you know. The, yeah. The I, nev- I never got it. Man. So. I never got it. So. Yeah. Um, Daddy wasn't there. He wasn't. He was. <laughs> I, I, I I cry about it every day. I, I have text messages. I have text messages yeah. of uh, Jamie telling him I'm crying. Yeah. And like, I'm like, hey, I need your need your support. I need your yeah. help. Nothing. Yeah. So I hold that dearly, yeah. and that's my bitterness. He's still. Yeah, he's still. I'm best. bitter. I'm way bitter about it. Talk I, about it. I'm way bitter about it. Hey, let's create this like. Nah, that's cool. Drama. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. I mean, All right, like, so uh, I, I, we can talk literally hours and hours about our sitcorp experience, but I, I don't want it to get washed out with what we were supposed to talk about. So final thoughts on that, like advice on new people. I know you wanted to talk about that. Well, final thoughts wise, I think yeah. for me and my experience, um, I think that if you're looking for something where you want to learn a lot about yourself, um, I think that this model is great. Um, you get to learn about grit, uh, what your mentality is like, uh, as far as for risk factor factor, um, you're going on a hundred percent commission. You get to learn about your leadership and if people value you, if they would actually follow you. I mean, I had to go out to St. Louis and to be able to tell everybody I'm going out to St. Louis, Missouri versus, Hey, I'm going to come out to Los Angeles. Very, very different dynamic. Um, and then, I mean, I, I was in an, in a position where I eventually, you know, got promoted to becoming an owner. So I have a different experience there. Um, I didn't, I, there's things that I wish I had learned back, which was more of the front end recruiting, um, learning like how to market myself and that kind of thing. But nonetheless, I think that based off of where I want to be in my future, I always think about like my future kids, what can I leave to my future kids? And if, if that's, where your head is is at um, from like a monetary standpoint, I would say this model isn't yeah. for you. Um, there's nothing that I could say that I was going to give my business over to my kids because the monetary value were people yep. and people weren't necessarily going to be there all the time. Like when I'm older, they're not going to be going door to door anymore. So it's ironic because most of those people that do end up making it as consultants, they have an actual business becoming like property managers or owning several different businesses, which is an actual legit commodity. Um, but I would say that, yeah, at the very end, um, you just, you couldn't own your own actual business. I couldn't market my own way when I wanted to, I had to follow their rules. Um, and 
marketing and doing sales in Los Angeles is way different than in the Midwest. And I wish that I was able to have that opportunity and, and I never did. Yeah. So, so that, that's my take on it. Okay. And what about yours, yours DK? Um, for me personally, again, I, I think the, the one year educational, give it all you got that would play better to someone, especially if you do not have any work experience because every rep that i've had in my office that learned the systems and the, the groundwork well not the recruiting side the sales side they have always left and done really well in any other field because you know how to work your ass off i mean 80 to 100 doors is you know your your, your feet are hurting you're hustling. that type of work right yeah. and you know i still remember when jose went over to uh, finance like, dude, this is so freaking easy. Like, you know, everybody's like, you know, like, like, oh, how do you work so hard? But he's like, I'm barely working. I barely. Oh. You know, so I, I think if you take that, but yeah, when it comes to running an office and that's going to be your livelihood and your baby, uh, I really think the success rate is not what it is preached to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you got to understand that if you're going to be starting this business and you see yourself a consultant like you better be the fucking best yeah and you better be able to stick through any whatever yeah right like if yeah if that is the only mentality you have yes you can get there uh it's not going to be i think it is downplayed at how hard it is to run a business and i mean i was 25 when i opened up my office and i was running a business mm -hmm. I, like Fucking didn't even know how to like file my tax returns, you know, like, <laughs> let me, let me ask you this question though. But knowing that like nowadays you see people with like social media, creating businesses, yeah. like technology has made it so much easier to run a business and make money now. So knowing what you know now, if you were to still be an owner, would you be upset at the fact that you could be doing something like that? I think yes and no, because you know, you can't go back in the past and start something. And there are there are plenty of kids that do well with YouTube and all these social media platforms and they sell stuff and you know, clothing lines. I mean, you know, I always wanted to start a sneaker line. I know you wanted to do clothes. Yeah. Maybe if we started 10 years ago, but most likely, just like any other business, it would have failed, mm -hmm. right? Unless you had that same mentality of like, what, no matter what the fuck happens, like I'm gonna be successful then you would have had something like a, you know, a fear of God line or something like that. Like, I know that was a big thing that you wanted to do basics. Right. So, uh, I think the tools are there, but I think there's plenty of people that still can't take advantage of those skills and tools now. Right. Yeah. Cause unless you're passionate, like you said about your music, like you're willing to go freaking stand at the mall and sell that shit. Yeah. But I'm not going to sell someone else's stuff. You know, like yeah. Yeah, that passion has to be there if you want it to get to that level. Yeah. That's my thoughts on. I think it's just the marketing aspect that I yeah. just couldn't get yeah. over. Yeah. Like I, I want to be able to market my own products mm -hmm. and mm. I couldn't. And, and me being an artist and having that creativity, I had so many ideas of what I wanted to do, but I just, I wasn't allowed to. Yeah. I, and, and so you, maybe, maybe you held on a little too long, right? And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. for, for me, I mean, Jose knows because I was sending my guys, I was door, hitting doors too at the end, like 
year straight every day with the guys. Oh, I did it even as an owner for yeah, still yeah, yeah. for five years after, yeah. like during my time. Yeah. I, I think I, I was counting, I missed a total of maybe 14 days yeah. since the beginning of when I opened my office in St. Louis till the end. And my guys will tell exactly. you the same exact thing. And so, I worked like every single day on the weekends to trying to learn how to recruit. So, so they're, they're, the, the time you put in, obviously you're reaping the benefits of it now because of the skills. Yeah. But no, I agree. The, the client thing is what really, you know, rubbed me to the wrong way too. Cause you know, AT&T would lie and oh, yeah. you know, they'd be yeah, like, yeah, Hey, yeah. maybe you need to blurt that out, you know, but they'd be like, we're going to give you new leads. We're going to give you new leads. Just hold on a couple of months. And then like, I'm sending my guys to the same neighborhood. Like and it's the same leads that like we we did like two weeks ago yeah yeah i'm like yeah. all right well maybe i'll send jose instead of jay because jay was black yeah that'll work you yeah know? <laughs> like, yeah so yeah. the yeah. the the freedom piece is very big in running your own business and yeah. we, didn't, we didn't have that and I, I don't think you could call yourself a true entrepreneur within that system yeah um but educationally you know i think we're going to talk about that mm -hmm. but there are certain valuable skills that i definitely learned when it comes to yeah, just closing and simple transactions, building relationships. Those are all things I think like us three were, were great at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think 100%. And Migs, what about you to close it off before we get into? Uh, I mean, I think it's just, you know, you guys spoke on it already. Um, but just to add on, I think it's, it's definitely difficult to have the creativity within that world. If you wanted to be a business owner, I think there's no creativity actually because you have to succumb to the process and procedures and the products that they want you to sell. However, if you are fresh off school and you don't know what to do, you're looking for a job, especially nowadays, um, and you're looking to one, challenge yourself, find yourself and better yourself within your first two to three years coming out of school and you couldn't get the job that you want. Maybe going direct to consumer sales, door to door, either business to business or business to consumer. And I don't know if there's still 100% commission, you know, nowadays. But when we were doing it, I mean, we were eating kimchi for weeks and weeks in, you know, and rice. I mean, hey, don't be talking shit about kimchi. I'm not, bro. <laughs> I still I love, do that. I love kimchi now, man. Cause they eat yo. that shit in the blue house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think you know, my last thoughts would be if if that's something that you guys are looking for you know, out of school, then this is a good starting point. I mean, David and Jinu talked about the invaluable skill sets that I've learned that I still bring to what I'm doing now, you know, working for a big company, Fortune 500 company. And it, DK is right. Like everything that I did, every job, or every career path that I've, I think I've been into three, two different corporate jobs ever since doing door to door, they've been the easiest. Because the biggest thing that it taught me besides the work ethic, I mean, obviously you, we have to go out there, but it taught me how to communicate and it taught me how, like the principle of salesmanship goes further than anything that I've learned in like that that anyone that has ever taught me recently in the past five years or 10 years that i've been out of the game like literally the way i communicate the way i present certain things i learned through door-to-door -door sales and it's the best thing that i've ever learned yeah you know so so guys let's take the time to um 
I guess uh, educate or if anybody wants to even learn about the basic parts of uh, no you want a, to learn yeah you are gonna learn today you gonna learn today okay so what are some principles that you guys found valuable um the biggest thing for me I think is like you know one of the top guys in the office at the time he really ingrained this in me because I you know I was pretty meek and you know I was extroverted with my friends but in a new group maybe I wouldn't be as much I was, I was kind of you know not that confident in a new setting and I still remember he would he told me he's like hey the worst thing that could happen is someone tells you no mm-hmm. and if you apply that principle to every facet of your life like well I've heard no like so many times in my life probably a million times by my mom you know growing up like if that is the only thing that could happen like you know, why not why not go for it so like that gave me like the fearlessness because if you did get cussed out or you fumbled your pitch or oh. you know like, oh. you know you made yourself look like a fool or whatever like whatever like you you literally can close that door and like never go back right and so that was the the one big mentality thing that helped me out the most when it comes to sales it's like literally the worst thing that could happen someone says no and you move on to the next one so like why not give it your all every single time mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about um, one thing that I found valuable or there, there's a few things but um, one is it eight steps to success do you guys remember yep, that yep, yep. and so like that I don't know if you guys ever did like hand signals yep. I would always like make up hand signals so one is be on time be prepared mm-hmm. um, no no uh, be on time be prepared uh, work a full day. Mm-hmm. Work your territory correctly. Right. Stay tight to the right. Um, six is maintain your attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then it's seven is understand opportunity. And then take eight control. is take control. Oh. I think those were very, very valuable for me because it, it put some type of monetary thing for me. Yeah. Whereas when I would come back from the field, I would write down all eight and then I would grade myself from one to ten. How you did uh, on, on how I did. Oh, how well I did. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a really good like it's like going and getting your stat sheet after a basketball game, right? Yeah. yeah. I would do that every single day. And then, you know, if I'm not able to, you know, coach, um, you know, someone that, that needs help, I would actually get them to break down their day as well too. And then give themselves a rating mm-hmm. and then be able to say, okay, you, you made like $200 today, but this is the reason why you rated yourself, you know, uh, seven out of 10 and maintaining your attitude. So yeah. obviously a great job, but I think, the eight steps to success really grounded people. So if you're able to follow that system and grade yourself, I think that you have a higher probability of success. Yeah, yeah, so that that helped a lot. Yeah, for sure. I guess if you like minus the territory thing, I mean, you could apply that to any career, not just sales. Yeah, right? I mean, work your territory correctly for for I think just in general is like understand that there are a lot of opportunities to knock on doors. Yeah. So if you're gonna put your resume out, just don't don't disregard it. Put your resume still in that in Got that it. business. It's the door that you don't go through that could be the yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So that's why yeah. you want to work your territory correctly. Yeah, it's the slides that. you don't take. It's yeah. the DM slides you don't take. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Oh, bro! Yeah. <laughs> you watching this? Yeah, she out. watches all the time, bro. Cut that out. Um, so so makes what what about some other ones? Uh, I think for me, there's two things that you know I I I took away from that. It's 
one, it, 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 which I still do to, to this day, is the five steps to a sale. I mean, mm. we would joke around about it, like when we would go out, right? Hey, we're gonna five step that drink. We're gonna five step that. We're gonna five step that, right? Like, we still, I, I still do it till this day. Yeah. You know? um, and if you guys don't know, the five steps are intro, short story, presentation, close, and rehash. It's literally how you speak to a person. And once you master that, it really is a great skill set to learn because you're able to just talk about anything and not only talk about anything you're able to convince somebody about a perspective or an idea of what you want them to learn or what you want to get out of that conversation so that's give, the, give us an example like give me that boba right there sell you this boba right here like sell i want to i want to break that down too yeah. like so with the intro for people and i this is like me just like breaking it down even dumbing it down for people yeah. when i was running running the business and intro is really just building a relationship and how, how important that is, yeah. whether that's C factors, which is smile, eye contact, that's enthusiasm, yeah. using Ford's um, family occupation and dreams, dreams. Uh, sports or shopping, we're like yeah. chanting. Like yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like we're doing this all over again. Right. So <laughs> the intro was very, very important. And this is actually what everybody forgets. In sales. Or messes up. They, they, well, they just go right into introducing themselves yeah. instead of building a relationship. And the second part is um, short story, which is the qualifier. And, and that's how I break it down is intro, short story, qualifier. Presentation is the what. And then the close is just closing on one item. I would always say just close on one item and then rehashes every other item after that. Oh. Right. So an example of this is like, let's say you're going to go five step. Um, someone to getting their number. Yep. Right. So okay. you can an intro wouldn't be hey I'm okay, Gino. Okay. Let's see how you do it. Like hey uh, hey I'm <laughs> Gino. How are you? No no no. Like, let's let's try the, Gino on this one. You know. <laughs> you the Mr. Pimp. Yeah. Here. So like so like the intro <laughs> the intro just to build a relationship is just kind of catching them off guard, and um, you know bringing some like hey what does that say hair on her on her on Preston what what, what is that? Okay, so so it's more of a question. So I would bring that up just because it catches them off guard and at least they're able to have a conversation. That's the intro, right? Okay. The second thing is a qualifier. I want to see if you are in a relationship or if you're not. So it's like What's even if at? even if I like yeah, it's like hey hey I'm Gino. Why like you here alone? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm here with we my boys that. today. Um, you know who are you here with? And it's a qualifier. So if they're with Boom. their boyfriend, you know you can just disqualify that if you choose. If that's your personality, and then you know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then uh, I mean, because there's some people that'll be aggressive. And then uh, you know, if they're like, oh, I'm just here with my girls. We're having like a singles, singles, night. singles night out. Yeah. It's like okay, perfect. So you qualify them. Now the presentation Ooh. is a what? Damn. So it's your value proposition. He's been right thinking here. about this one yeah. for his whole life. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. This is your this value is, proposition. It's so interesting when I break this down to people because the the going after like somebody is like the most common example that everybody can relate to. Yeah. Because that's something either that they wanted to do or they have done. Yeah. And or so whenever I use the do. example, they're like, "Oh, maybe I was using the five steps." Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then the presentation is the what? So you could bring in like little information about you just to kind of intrigue them. But your goal isn't to overwhelm them. That's right. Right. So don't over talk it. Yeah. 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 So like, so, oh, oh, so you're in a clothing brand. I actually own a, own a clothing uh, brand business myself. Oh. So it's like you're getting them un- intrigued a little bit. Like, what's your favorite? Like, you know, what's your favorite? Like, you know, clothing line or whatever. And it's like, oh, so I actually met met with this person and this person as well too to continue my clothing line. So it's the what? It still impulsively it's intriguing them then you want to close on on one item hey so maybe we could talk about like fashion later on um and i want to get i want to get your i want to get your idea based off a new fashion line that 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 i'm I'm trying to um you know 
uh, release. Uh, what's your number so I can give you that, that information? So, right, so you're getting that one. It's weak. So then, so that's the close. That's the close, and then the rehash is everything after that. At that point, you could do whatever you want to, and you could say, okay, what's your what's your IG handle? You know, what's your I don't know Twitter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it whatever it is. The mm-hmm. rehash is everything after. So I like to break it down, um, just like that. That simplified, right? Is that good for you guys? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, that was that was that was great. One thing to to add is. There's a progression in someone's energy. Yes. And, Impulse. Uh, attention. Yeah. Right. Especially in a, a short, brief conversation. So the, the intro is you're, you're really just breaking their guard down mm-hmm. because if some stranger is coming up to you, like you probably don't want to talk to them. Yeah. Right. So you're, you can make them smile. Oh, nice shoes. Where'd you get those from? Or something like that. So you're like, okay, interesting enough to talk to. Yeah. At yeah, least yeah. respond yeah. to. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Right? And then that short story is just, you're legitimizing why you're there like you're not some creep mm-hmm. like like you were saying hey yeah. you're here singles night you know ladies night awesome cool and then you're building up that impulse and you got them interested in that one thing yeah so at that top of that impulse curve That's like, don't over talk it close it yeah you just throw the the hook in and then close i, yep. I think what happens is you know we have these like great conversations with people and then it goes on forever and then have you ever had it where like, okay, cool. Like I'll call you back or I'll, yeah. I'll, we'll, we'll talk awkward. about it later. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. Or, or I got to go. Oh, my girls are calling me. Or like uh, even yeah. in a sales call, yeah. it's like, oh, all right, cool. Like send me some information. Like as we're like, when you had them wet and hot, like close go for that little one item close, like you were saying of yeah. something or like the next step at least. Like, all right, cool. So like send me this information and then we'll can move forward. Like, yeah. Making sure you don't overextend because the guy is friendly. Yeah. That's the worst when you waste yeah, and I'm glad you brought the impulse curve because yeah. throughout, even if you're using the five steps, the impulse curve is going to be different for everybody. Exactly. You mm-hmm. could start off with a qualifier and maybe that person does have a boyfriend and really wants to get rid of his, her boyfriend. Yeah, um, yeah, right? So it's like, oh, no, yeah. I really want your number now. Like it, once you, when you can feel the impulse at its highest, that's when you want to close right away. You don't have to go through, okay, well, a little bit about me. I want a fashion line. Real quick. Yeah. What are some of those buying signs? Wow, dude, that that's Ooh. man, man. There's eye contact. There's eye contact. There, there's nodding, mirroring. Nodding there's the nodding. Head, mirroring. Saying yes, saying obviously, yes, but uh, yes. repeating what you say. Yep. Yep. Um, asking you questions. Yeah, asking. Yeah, because you're reciprocating that back because you're trying to get. Yeah, they're, they're trying to get more information because they're interested. Exactly. Um, there's like eight of them. Silence. Silence. Silence, Silence is a good one. Listening. Yeah. You're thinking listening. That's a good one. But the, the reason why I brought that up is because you said you get really good at like reading the room. Yeah. And right. So once you get that vibe, that's when you got to, you know, before it gets awkward. Yeah. 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 Because and after you got what you wanted, then you can be as awkward and funny and yeah, you know, joking as you want. Because you've already broken them down. You've already broken them now. So, so. If the girl's nodding, saying yes, laughing, all that stuff, if we're talking about numbers here, then that's when you would ask them, hey, you seem obviously cool. You know, we can do this every other weekend. Yeah. Boom. Drop the line. Sounds like you still say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I haven't in a long time. <laughs> what about overturning objections? Do you guys have any suggestions for overturning objections? Have you thought, have you learned anything? I mean, the, it's funny, like the, um, one of the best things that I've learned, I think from Teddy, when overturning objections, especially when we would do um, our role plays, 
<laughs> just say this one thing. That's perfect. Just if you say that's a, if you say something positive, it was like, hey, I'm not interested. No, that's okay. That's perfect. Yeah, and then you kept going back and you keep rehashing them. You keep reiterating your value proposition to them. Mm. You know, that's, I think that was one of the biggest takeaways because I, I still do it to this day. People will be like, I'm not really interested in your auction. You know, I think your fees are too high. Oh no. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like if you just stay positive uh, and then reinstating, I'm so glad you brought up the fees, right? The reason why for the fees is because we're a lot more valuable than the other auctions out there. You know, our, our cars are, you know, you find better, not only better looking cars, but our cars are a lot more, um, they're not raggedy than the other auctions that, you know, you find in their inventory. So like for me, if, if I'm going to counter somebody, you know, you have to have, a, you know, you have to have a firm stance and you, you know, your body language and your tonality, you can't act scared, right? On turning over objections, own it, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, that's awesome. Oh no, I'm so glad you mentioned that. That's great. I'm glad you had that concern. And then reiterate your value proposition. Yeah. I think that's how I would okay. return objections. Um, definitely using that positive, it gets them out of the, I hate this person, why are they trying to talk to me? So you hit them with the, like, oh, like, get like, what the fuck? Yeah, you just got them off balance Yeah, a like, bit. what the fuck? Yeah. But um, I caught myself actually on a phone call, you know, potential big client. And you, you also have to know like when to respect the, the customer. No. Yeah. And I, you know, we've been told at least three rebuttals, no, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but I, I did one, like literally he was like, all right, Hey, look, I, I really don't have any time. I have all these deadlines, you know, call me back on October 15th. He gave me a specific date even. And I was like, Oh, Hey, look, I understand you're busy, you know? And that's why, you know, I'm actually trying to help you out. Cause you're so busy. You can't even look into your, your finances. And he's like, did you not listen to anything I said? Yeah. And like, usually you're trying to just repeat what they said. I couldn't even get that part out. So, but he did give me a specific date, which I should have catch yeah, up on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, it's different when you're on the phone versus face-to-face, right? Because yes, you don't really get to see their facial expression. So I, I can understand why he would yeah. say that and why you wouldn't be able to read that, you know, over the phone. But um, the repeat, relay, resume is yeah. my go-to and it's the easiest, yeah, it's the easiest. way to do it yeah. for me. I think for for me, um, it's something um, that's called the holster theory. Okay, so it, the holster theory is like, let's just say, for example, you are stuck in an alleyway and there are six zombies that okay. are there. Okay. And then in your chamber, you have six bullets. Yeah. What do you do? Save one bullet for each zombie. Perfect. Right. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to use six bullets on one zombie, right? You can't blow your load. Yeah. Exactly. So as far as for a lot of people that just get themselves into sales, they get very um, commission breathy. So as they're overturning objections, they bring in things that aren't necessary. Yep. 100%. Right. So uh, all you want to do is you want to exactly what makes that as far, far as for bringing a value proposition afterwards you want to overturn that objection just that one time. If they give you an objection to overturn it one time, then go back into value proposition and see where it is, right? Then they're going to bring you another objection. Yeah. And then you want to be able to give another, uh, you know, bullet Got per it. se, and then give a value proposition. But okay. ultimately, you don't want to tell every objection. And let me add on to when you're bringing up a value prop, when you're pitching somebody, I think that what's worked for me is... 
you once you start overturning their objections once or twice they're gonna start seeing either you're just in it for the sale or you're really in it for what they need that product for like you you're you're starting to smell it too like if you're really a good salesman right like the three of us are then we would really go Oh shoot! Like I just connected with you. Not only did I turn, overturn that objection, like I, I'm able now to connect with you as a person. That you're gonna spend, you're gonna, and then they're gonna start asking questions about. Wait, wait. So wait, how much is that again? Like how long is it gonna take for you to bring that product into me? That's when you know, like, okay, I just, you just saw the value in me, and then at that point, like we were talking about the impulse curve, right? At that point, they're still hot. You better not overtalk certain things. I think sometimes at that point, a lot of salesmen just keep bringing all these information and stuff that like it doesn't even pertain to that yeah. one particular thing that connected with them. Then they overtalk the sale as opposed to hey, like so, how's your day going? Like then shift it. Like to me, what's work is like I start shifting certain things and start not talking about the product and getting to know that person. The sale would stick a lot further. And then, then the relationship is started building. Right? So you, so for me personally, I'm doing like consulting and helping people save money on their business. Right. Yeah. Right. And so, I think a, a big thing, and this is not for rebuttals or objections, but I think a good way to gain some common ground is always like asking the customer, you know. So for me, it's saving them money. So it's like, hey, you know, with COVID, how's your business going? Number one. Has it been down a little bit? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I wish I could have a little bit more capital. And then you're like, ding, ding, ding. Like, you already know why they need your service, right? So, like, understanding their need. And if they don't need your product, like, yes, you could shove it down their throat. But yeah. that's not how I want to do sales. Exactly. Anymore, yeah, yeah. Right? Because we're not impulse salesing people. Like, yeah. Anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the, like, so a verbiage that I, I like to use is, would that be a value to you? So okay. if you're saying like, uh, hey, my goal uh, during this meeting is to make sure that I give you all the tax credits to save you money, would that be a value to you? Yeah. There's nobody that says no to that. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So they eventually that they, they say yes. Uh, another verbiage that I like when it comes to from the value proposition to the close is which one do you prefer? Yep. Right. Yep. So like two option close. Yeah, option close. Yeah. I always do two or three. Okay. Right. So uh, even if I'm trying to book an appointment, for example, right. So it would be like. You know, so I've got Wednesday at this time, this time is, and this time. Out of these three, which one do you prefer? Yeah. Because you're giving them an option to say yes, yes, and yes, right? But if you say, hey, um, I've got time Wednesday at 10 a.m., does that work? You're giving them 50% chance of you saying, them replying yes and no. Yeah. Right? So you want to be able to lower that, you know, higher that probability for them to say yes. So the verbiage um, out of those three, which one do you prefer? Yeah. You know, obviously helps a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm like going through all my like sales training stuff right now. I mean, I don't know how much time we have. If there's a, no, we're good. No, I, I think overall, like, <laughs> I'm like, I need to go home. <laughs> no, I think overall, um, I think it's just good to just get the basics of like you know teaching the audience like what we've learned and you know I'm sure when it comes down to like complex sales, it's gonna be a little bit different. You still gotta tweak it, but at least the base is still there. For, um, for people to understand, right? Yeah, and I think it's also, you know, a big part of sales is if you're going to have some sort of uh, foundation is you're going to have to, you're going to have to build a certain mentality 
and the a, a good mentality to start with is just like what DK was saying earlier is like and the worst thing that they can say is no so if if you just keep repeating that to yourself and just have a like a kind of a good attitude whenever you're doing a sales pitch or you're on a sales call the worst part is they can say no and learn when to stop like learn when to stop rebuttal you know with the rebuttals you're gonna get better and as you get better you, you'll you'll start seeing your skill sets and and the way you start pitching become shorter and then your closing probability is going to get a little bit higher and you're starting to see all the sales sciences as far as like the impulse curve and all the buying science it's it's the craziest thing but you'll start really just seeing it play out like yeah. you guys have you guys feel that right like when you guys pitch yeah i think i think when dk you're struggling to like figure out okay what what did we learn in the past it's yeah. it's because we've been doing it for so long yeah that it, it becomes second nature that we don't really realize that that's exactly what no, we're I was doing. saying like there's so much yeah to talk about and it's coming into Trying my to, head like yeah. yeah the terminology I'm like I didn't you know buying signs that was like not on my head for like the last 10 years yeah. but it just popped in I'm like oh buying signs exactly the stop sign I still remember drawing it you know yeah. um but there, there's so many different things that we did learn and I think talking about it especially with three people that have been through it like there was a lot of shit that we learned. Yeah, we a learned lot of, a, and a lot of it was, you know, through experience. Yeah. As where, like, when I'm pitching someone, I'm going to talk to them just like I'm talking right now. Yeah. Because you can pick up on tonality, mm -hmm. right? And customers are human, too. So, like, if you're like, hi, like, you know, you have that crazy, like, phone pitch voice and you're, you get, like, entry levels that do that or, like, people you're training, you're like, dude, yeah. you cannot talk like that. Because yeah. you literally sound like a movie salesman. Like, yeah, you want to mirror the customer as much as you can. Yeah. Like if, if your tone is just relaxed and conversational, like you're you're not selling them. You're you're really just qualifying them to yeah. see if you have what they need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So do you guys feel like sales from the time we were doing it to now, like has it? Do you guys feel like it's a lot more different, or the principles are still the same? I mean, there's books now that you know sales old school sales tactics doesn't work anymore. There's books like that that are out. But so what do you, how do you guys feel about how sales is 10 years ago to what it is now with all the technology boom, and social media? I think it's gonna change. Um, I think you have so much AI that takes over um, and that there's automated messaging, automated systems. Like I, I remember sending a, a, an email uh, to somebody and it was generated through AI and it was like, oh, if you would like to make an appointment, you know, just click here, blah, blah, blah. When I contacted the customer, he's like, oh, I don't remember making an appointment. He's like, oh, that must have been my AI. And I'm like, geez, like the way that things are done now, we have to be a lot more intelligent in more of the uh, tech space. Um, and so the human element of it is starting to, to become gone. So I don't know what it's going to be like in the future, hopefully not in our lifetime, like where um, as we're older, like we have to learn a new trait and new skill set to, to try to get clients. But um, I definitely think it's going in that realm. I think it's going to it's it's starting to become a lot different. Yeah, the I think the level of monetary value with the sale is directly correlated with if there needs to be a human involved, mm -hmm. like I'm not going to go to an insurance agent, me personally, because I can find a better rate myself online. Yeah. Right. But like, I'm also probably not going to buy a house off Zillow because I, I haven't bought a house. 
So you, you want someone that has expertise in that field. If you don't have it, then you're going to need someone. Yeah. If you are very well versed, like I know you've been, you know, doing stocks where stock trading, like, yeah, I'd probably ask you about it instead of trying to do it myself and like, you know, throw some money at Robinhood app or something. Right. Mm -hmm. So there, there, I think with the level of money going into a sale, that's where you need that human expertise. And that's why the mid market space, I think that's the sales well salesmen will always be there because you need someone consulting you on it as where yeah like an internet package like i don't need someone like some 20 year old kid telling me that yeah. fiber optics is better than or office supplies for that matter yeah. like there's amazon that just kills all rates like you know you don't really need me to pitch you on cheaper yeah. office supplies and so and the, the generation is different too because like mm. you know an old ass businessman that like still uses the phone book Maybe he does need your help. Yeah. So but you're trying the, to find that, that, yeah, that one yeah, fish yeah. in the sea. It's, yeah. it's different, you know. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. but uh, I think the higher the sales goes, you, the more people you need. So that's good for us because you know obviously we have more experience and we would love to sell higher ticket items, mm -hmm. higher ticket services. So you guys don't think that it's like the art of salesmanship will be extinct? No, like a, a billion dollar merger, a merger, merger, uh, a <laughs> merger, hungry? like you're not going to do that over the internet. Like you're going to have a sit down meeting. There's going to be a lot of back and forth, like without that human element and the trust, like you're not making a million dollar merger. Right. So again, the higher you go, you need that professional salesmanship and just human relationship. Like you can, I can look mm -hmm. you in the eye, yeah. like you're going to sign this tomorrow. Perfect. We're going to get our lawyers on that deal. And I think it's a different sales process to be quite honest. Like, the stuff that we talked about, it's really dumbed down. But at the end of the day, when something's more complex, like it's another person knowing exactly what I'm doing if I'm just utilizing that same simplistic method, yep. right? So what DK, what you're saying is like, you really need that human element. That's something that really can't be taught. Yeah. It's that relationship that you have with somebody that's not a, hey, let's do an intro, short story, presentation, close and rehash. It's like, hey, how much do I like you? Do you have my best interest in my yep, business? Exactly. Is it gonna be a win-win? That's more of a human element, not necessarily like a whole sales type of like system. Yeah. So I think that's what's going to change a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, and especially like sales with longer sales cycles, mm -hmm. you know, your intro might be a 30 minute call. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then your yeah. short story is a follow up email with that's information. Right. That's right. And so I, uh, the sales cycle definitely dictates like how the, the impulse curve, you know, works. Um, and the higher the value, the longer it takes. You know, like yeah. you don't, you don't sell a house and buy it the next day. Yeah. <laughs> like you knock and they're like, I'm like, I'm going to sell your house. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Close. Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. But like, if you visited them multiple times and you work with the neighbors, mm -hmm. then you're going to be able to build that relationship. Like, Oh, you know, Jose sold that house and that house. And now it's like becoming like, Oh, he's like, cares about this community. And then he becomes a real estate agent for, he's the Filipino of the community that sells houses. <laughs> yeah. It'd be me. All the fajardos. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, I, and I know you're in consulting. Like, well, you know, what would you say? Like, you know, how does yeah. all those principles apply to your sales cycle right now? Um, I think it does get difficult because it is more, everything's remote. Uh -huh. So it is more on the phone too. So, um, you know, what we're used to is really just, I mean, a nice looking suit. Some guy just coming in. It's like, man, why is he working so hard? Yeah in a suit and he's still sweating yeah, yeah you know it's yeah. like man i i'm it's like as a business owner you're like man i remember i used to do that yeah. so there's like some type of human element there 
and we don't get that element. Some sweat just, equity. Yeah, it's it's all remote. It's all over the phone. People don't know who you are. You just have a little profile picture of yeah. what they think you look like. Yeah. Um, that's filtered. Yep. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they're like, oh, maybe this guy's a good, uh, an attractive person or not. I mean, that's the only way they can base off of. But, you know, I think that when it comes down to complex cells, um, it is a lot more different. So what would you guys say like your sales style is like if what kind of salesperson are you? I'm I'm actually just upfront because what I do is HCM human capital management um, consulting. So it's from an employee's life cycle from, you know, uh, pre hire all the, all the way down to retirement from benefits, benefits, 401k, how to streamline a process. So I know a lot of companies that do the same exact thing. So regardless, I'll tell them the truth. I'll, I, I've already researched all the competitors for them. And I'll tell them if it's based off of pricing, if it's based off of service, mm-hmm. uh, if it's based off of technology and streamlining a process, if, if it's, um, you know, trying to figure out how to do PPP loans, uh, forgiveness, like it, it really depends on that actual customer. So I'll let them know. I'll ask them exactly what they're looking for. And most times people just look at pricing. That's all they say. And I'm like, I, I, I have no problem discounting whatever you want to. I just want to make sure that if I'm going to discount it, it's going to be the right fit for you or else I'll suggest another company for you. Mm-hmm. Right. So mine just I'm just a straight straight shooter. I don't like to waste time and I'd rather be honest with the customer. And if they lose out, they lose out. I, I was a failed business owner. I don't want anybody to fool me. And so I give that same respect to other businesses. Mm-hmm. What about Got you, okay. Um, what was the question again? So like, what kind of salesperson are you? Oh. Do you have a style that, you know, or? I'm just indifferent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, hell like, yeah, you are. <laughs> legitimately, like if I close you or not, like there's thousands of businesses. And I think like understanding like the, the value and you should be repping a product or a service that you legitimately know will help their business. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like if, if, if I can't put my name on something, like I don't want to do it. Yeah. I, I've definitely done stuff like that. You know, 18 to you verse. Um, it's the best picture ever. It's fiber optic. You know, like, yeah. And then I saw it, like, you know, at a friend's house. I was like, oh, shit, this, this is picture horrible. quality is horrible. Yeah. Um, so, like, obviously, we know to rep something that we really believe in. Um, so, like, if I know I can help you, like, you better freaking listen to me because, you know, I'm God's gift to the earth. Like, that, in that moment, that's the mentality I have. And yeah. if you don't want to deal with me, cool. Like, yeah. It's your loss, like legitimately. I'm gonna save you money. I'm gonna help you, you know, infuse that money back into your business if you want. If you don't, yeah, who cares? yeah, who cares? Yeah, and that that goes back to the principle of the worst thing that can happen is exactly. someone says no. Like, yep. No, like what did that do to you? Mm-hmm. And uh, one little extra story about attitude and the word no, because if you hear no, it can affect you, you know. But. Um, Big tone, big six nine black dude. You know, he gave me the he gave me the name DK actually because you know he's DK. South Atlanta. Yeah, like, he's big. He started calling me DK, but um, he said, DK, you would you wouldn't give your baby to a crackhead, right? And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you wouldn't give your baby to a crackhead, right? And yeah. you're like, no, absolutely not. And he's like, yeah, that's like your attitude. Like you never give your attitude to someone that you do not know. Right, uh, so dude, it's like, yeah, it's and money. then I was like, yeah, that was money, and that's when I like legitimately, I like, I texted my mom, my dad, like any of my uh, friends, uh, and I'd be like, do not text me from the hours of you know ten to four, because like I knew if they were gonna say something that was gonna affect my attitude, like they're the only ones that should be able to, mm-hmm. like your girlfriend or your mom, like you remember like 
your mom texting you like, why are you working so hard? You never come home. Like, you know, and you're like, fuck, I don't want to fucking go hit doors now because like, yeah, you lost yeah. your attitude. That's yeah. right. I, I, <laughs> I never had that. Okay, okay. but I, I never had that. I actually broke up with a girlfriend because of okay. the fact that I was like, dude, like, I, like, I can't be in this relationship because, because it's, you know, not, not the fact that she was nagging out. Yeah. She never nagged out. But it was just me trying to invest time into the business and not being able to give her time. Got it. And then that's that's like the thing. And my parents have never um, nagged out about me not showing up or anything like that. So <laughs> I just I, uh, I'm my own personality. I dictate what I do. So. But when it comes to the attitude, like the only people that should be able to affect your attitude are people Be that you to. you hold close to you. Yeah. And that I, that, I mean, obviously, if someone starts talking smack and you know you got to say something, but I'm not gonna lose my attitude. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. sure. Like you good? Yeah. Like why why are you talking shit? Like you know, but like no one's gonna make me to the point where I'm turning into a Karen or. What yeah. do you call the guys? Kevin's. Kevin's? Is it Kevin's? Uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know Kevin, I don't, I don't think. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I knew a few Kevin. <laughs> that guy. But like, they ain't like that. I'll do Kevin's in the world. All right, well, DK, we uh, really appreciate your time. Um, we always like to promote our friends, too, on social media as well. Oh, so yeah. do you have a social media handle? I, I do. Um, and your grinder handle? Yeah, you can, oh. you can talk about that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nose uh, goes. That's <laughs> um, uh, David Kim. David, I don't even. Instagram is David Kim. Dk. Something. Something. I, I, I okay. Well, well, well I'll, I'll put it up yeah, right we'll there. Put it up right here. We'll put it up. Right okay. Yeah. I'll put it right uh, up there. You can put my email if you need any consulting services for your business. Hey. I, I'd rather do that. Like, you hey. know, I'm not. I'm not here for the likes. I'm here for the money. You know. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you are able to find tax credits for businesses that um, don't even realize that they actually have tax credits. Yeah. So just a quick little blurb. Uh, legitimately, fifteen billion dollars was claimed last year in R and D credits. Um, Sixty-one percent of those went to businesses like you know small to medium size. Yeah. Uh, but that other forty percent is going to Google, Amazon, all these companies that have big accounting firms like Deloitte, and mm-hmm. they can spend millions of dollars to save hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, the average person uses their CPA. You're going to get your business tax filed, fifteen hundred dollars. They don't have time and they cannot bill you for any extra work. Yeah. They, you know, yeah. you talk to CPAs during that busy season. Yeah. So you understand. Um, so this company that we rep, BIS, they're able to look into your finances. If you have improved your business over the last three to four years in any shape or form, whether it's website, social media, new equipment, all that stuff, that stuff can be claimed against your, your deductions and your liabilities. And the average customer, we're able to get them back, you know, close to $50,000 in tax-free money. It's huge. So, huge. Especially with everything going on right now, that's huge. Yeah, and even if it's not, like, hey, 50 grand, a lot of it comes personally because uh, most businesses are S-Corps. So, I mean, if mm-hmm. I had 50 grand, I'd be taking a nice little vacay to, I think Mexico allows us to go Yeah, there that's if you it. Want. Yeah. <laughs> Japan now, I think, also. But, uh, yeah, that, that's what I'm doing now. And, obviously, I, I still do uh, solar energy stuff but yeah david kim at enzo group inc.com enzo like enzo enso enso you can email me and i'll shoot you there you go all right sounds good well we appreciate kickspotters for taking a listen to our sales episode um obviously a little bit more of an informative 
uh, episode for everybody, but it was great to have DK here because it brought back a lot of great memories that we (laughs) went through as roommates, even though he forgot that we were all roommates at one point. Yeah, it was that long ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like 10 years ago or something like that. So, uh, Uh, next time we'll talk about uh, our uh, talent show. Okay. Let's do that. <laughs> you got it, you got it bad. But no. My knees don't work like that no more. <laughs> <laughs> Your voice does. All right, guys, we out. Thank you for listening to Kickspot.